What a wink to think of the eyes my skull will once have worn and blink upon the Monday I was born. To lend, to send, in equal part materials of house and heart. Pretend to death and all his friends, my arts apart. Mine eyes are more than trends. Hey everyone, welcome back to Soul Scene. This week we're talking about trends. We're going to go over 2023 trends that stood out to us as well as predict some 2024 ones. I guess. I suppose. <laughs> and we'll be kind of gauging these by their soulessness and giving a bit of a, I suppose our opinion, but more of like a soulessine verdict on each trend, which for those of you who don't know, is our name for the beautiful, sustainable, tactile future that we like to imagine on this podcast. So I guess we're kind of grading it by those three metrics mm -hmm. informally, which might seem like something of a, of a vague or loose subjective, let's say, judging. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you listen to the, at this point, hundreds of hours of the podcast, <laughs> it will be fixed onto, you know, it's, it's about as predictable a grading, I guess, as you can, as you can make. Yeah, I think so. What is grading anyway? It's always subjective. So what was with that poem, Aaron? Very eye-heavy. Eye-heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and E-Y-E. I guess it was, in my usual sense, a vaguely Shakespearean meditation on, like, mortality. I was thinking of that guy in Hamlet holding the skull. Mm. I think his name's Yorick. And how we are but trends to the greater of nature. I see. Humans are just trends. But also the way that, like, it's so funny how trends seem like such a concrete thing. It's mm -hmm. like wigs in the 1600s and skinny jeans in the 2010s but really the material is secondary to like our eyes we just almost arbitrarily decide this thing looks nice now that's very true because for the most part it's not super practical it's not like a military uniform yeah it's not like it, it changes to suit the world mm -hmm. quite often interesting i like this what I got from your poem was that our eyeballs, like the colors of them, right. are not trends because you're fixed with them. Well, you know, the death of the author, you can take from the poem what you want. <laughs> because it's like I have green eyes, so I, it kind of will dictate for my entire life a certain color palette oh, that will coloring, suit me. Yeah. Being an autumn or a spring or Exactly, winter. because you can change your hair color, your skin to an extent, tanning, wintering. Right. So it, I don't I don't know. So uh, you can change the rest of you, but your eyes, really, you can't practically. I know there's contacts. Yeah, you can wear the fake contacts. Who wants to do that? Not I. So you chose five 2023 trends. I chose five 2024 trends, and we'll kind of alternate and talk about them. But my thing I want to preempt this whole conversation with is that, and the more I thought about it this week, the more I realized trends don't fall neatly into years. That's mm -hmm. pretty much just for... BuzzFeed and Vogue articles. So it's like things, it's more of a gradual slope year on year, I think, that trends go. Mm -hmm. Maybe it once was the case that things were in and then out and then it was kind of a jagged graph. Mm -hmm. But now it's like things are slowly more and more in and then slowly more and more out. I feel like the descent is also very gradual. Mm. No, I agree. I mean, recently I was talking to my sisters who are much more trendy than you and I. Well, and speak for yourself. I was talking about just jeans, basically. And they were like, mom jeans are not in anymore. Yeah, but the and thing I was is, like, but what does that mean? But 
that's what's <laughs> funny because you still see a lot of people wearing those mm-hmm. and I think cool people. I think so So maybe too. it's that the internet kind of makes it so that most things are okay. Because mm-hmm. I know like 2000s is in, but 90s is not out mm-hmm. and 80s is not out and 70s is not out and 60s is not out. So it's kind of like most things are in. So I just wanted to preface that because most of my 2024 trends, people will be like, but that's already in. And mm-hmm. it's like, but it, I think it will be even more in next year. It's like that. Because like they, they rarely come out of nowhere is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. So my first trend is a more of an anti-trend for the soul scene. Because I was reading a bunch of Vogue, BuzzFeed, etc. articles to see what was trending this year. In terms of like on the runway. Because that's usually how, to me, I like understand trends. I know most people probably just look on TikTok. But I can't bring myself so that's how I get my trends. So one that was trending is Normcore. Do you know what Normcore is? Yeah, to be honest, I thought it was out, but maybe it's in and I, I'm behind the times. Yeah, I would have assumed it was out too. This is kind of the chuggy 2010s, like V-neck white t-shirt, just like wearing very basic minimalist, I suppose, outfits that are not trendy at all. And they're actually intended to make you blend in. It also bothers me a bit that it's, this is why it's the least solo scene. It's mm. actually, as I said, an anti-trend for the solo scene. It's in a lot of ways just putting a name to something that didn't need a name. Yeah, it's just dressing. I, it's just how probably most people go to work. That's something I loathe about what the internet has done to, I guess, just all aesthetic discussion. Mm-hmm. Everything is core or wave. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't need to be labeled, really. It's like, just because this is what my mom wears to work doesn't mean it needs... A core. It's just going to work core. It's just clothes. <laughs> it's just clothes. And I think it's fine, but I would rather in the solo scene, even people who work at a bank or people who work at a grocery store still feel like they're allowed to stand out or allowed to dress how they want. Because I imagine in those places, I mean, I've, when I was in business school, felt like there was a certain dress code. And I think that probably translates to a lot of those types of workplaces of like, you can't really wear a flouncy skirt like you have to wear just black slacks and a black blazer and a white shirt do you have to it's you know it's coded or whatever That's peer pressure though yeah but in the soul scene there'll be less of it and it will be less of a code to like yeah wear heels to work or whatever i still think there should be a dress code as we've said before dress codes are good but it doesn't need to be strictly so boring i don't think Another thing about normcore is that it's intentionally unfashionable. And I feel like, I don't know about you, I feel like no one is intentionally unfashionable in the sense of like dressing normie. People are intentionally unfashionable to be avant-garde, I think. But I don't know if wearing a white t-shirt and jeans can be... I think if you were being really intentionally unfashionable, you'd wear things from Sears from like 2014. Mm-hmm. Or 20, 2013, maybe. You'd be wearing like a keep calm and carry on shirt mm-hmm. and like bright color skinny jeans. Yeah. But that's actually unfashionable. And so that's not in. Mm-hmm. But this thing that would be like maybe ostensibly unfashionable just because it's normie. Mm-hmm. But actually, it just looks fine. So yeah, that's norm core. Okay. My first pick is Uggs. Okay. I was kind of going in general order of so we've seen this. So this is like vaguely the least. And in particular, Uggs on men. And this mm. is why I prefaced about trends. People saying Uggs aren't a 2024 trend. But 
I think, at least in Montreal, it, it also is a, a blurry conversation year by year because the seasons vary so much that it's more like November 2023 has much more in common with November 2022 than it does with July 2023, mm-hmm. even though that was a long further time away, right? Because of clothes. Yeah. So Uggs are like this thing that just come out every <laughs> autumn and winter. But I think year by year, they become more ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. And I think they will become more ubiquitous on men as well. I kind of tried to pick five trends, each of which come from different places. So like okay. one comes from the runway. One comes from, as this one, women. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's a trend itself that men adopt fashion things from women currently Mm -hmm. whether it be like the the nail painting or like crazy accessories or hair or something like that so i think uggs will be because those are ostensibly more unisex than yeah i mean there's brown boots they're they're not really i don't know what's inherently feminine about them besides their softness i guess women are traditionally softer yeah i think they do you like uggs I really don't like Uggs. I think they look cool. I think they look teddy bear. I think they seem wildly impractical because I think they'd be, they just look like they'd be poorly suited for exactly. wet weather. And also I think they would get sweaty, but maybe that's just my feet. But also I was learning in kind of a reverse moment to the Patagonia fleece when we were like, wait, these are all plastic. Uggs are actually made from sheep. Really? Which, I, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, I knew that they were like the outside was um, not leather. What's it's that sheep called? Sheepskin. Yeah. Because when Uggs, their original, when did they originally come about? Like 2006 to 2010? No, it was before that. They originated in Australia. Okay. And then they became big uh, via surfers on the west coast of the USA. Oh, weird. As like a thing made to keep surfers warm after early morning sessions. Okay, that makes way more sense than them being worn in the snowbanks of Canada. Because when they initially like (laughs) popped off in North America, I was like a young ish child and my mom i remember being like these are like your feet are going to get wet like she bought them for me like the off-brand ones they're made from sheepskin but i'm sure the walmart versions weren't but also the wugs the wugs (laughs) but i mean even when i did eventually get like real uggs it was like they get all crusty from the the salt on the sidewalks and that's probably the main reason i don't like uggs they're also ugly hence the name as I said, I like them. I think they look like teddy bear things. <laughs> so I was kind of trying to gauge the sustainability of them, as it is with these massive companies. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors, so I guess it's hard to tell. Yeah. All the sheepskin does come from just as a byproduct for meat, so I guess that's a good thing. It's not like they're... Oh, yeah. It's not like it causes additional harm Sheeps. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they are owned by this big fashion, I suppose you would say, conglomerate called Decker's Brand. Okay. Which also owns Tiva. Mm-hmm. and uh, Hoka won one, if you know about those running shoes. So just from that perspective, I was like, this is not very so soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's interesting that it is actually all meat byproduct. I wouldn't have thought that for such a big brand. I would have assumed that they were doing it. Well, I think that's one of the reasons the price has gone up as well, because the demand for the sheepskin has gone up that mm-hmm. much. But interesting. obviously it can't just stop. Cool. Yeah, I'm super impressed that it's yeah the inverse of the Patagonia fleece debacle. <laughs> for us probably everybody else knew. everyone else was like yeah obviously but it's just huh, disappointing my next one is art prints in fashion so obviously graphic tees have been around for as long as t-shirts have been around kind of people putting on their band logo whatever that's not what i'm talking about 
in terms of art prints as a trend from this year is an entire garment printed with Starry Night or for the most part, less well-known paintings or other artworks, sculptures, whatever. And I think it's really cool because in terms of prints, we're generally limited to florals, stripes, and solids. The odd gingham here and there, I suppose. But when you're trying to find fabric or ready-made garments in patterns other than that, it's very challenging. What about polka dots? But polka dots, how many polka dots do you see? Maybe that'll be 2024, who knows? Maybe. But I just think I like this as a concept because it allows such a breadth of patterns in our clothing. And I think it's pretty soul seen in that it's a good opportunity for designers and for artists to collaborate because often things are just in silos. It's like there's the painters, there's the sculptors, whatever. Yeah. But this is good like inter mingling of artists conversation starter yeah conversations are very so soon and i was thinking that because normally we'd have to wear our switchfoot t-shirt to start a conversation with the other switchfoot fans right but now you can maybe you have this just cool it's less like identifying with a brand and more people asking questions you mean yeah and like it's not like they're gonna say oh who painted that like that's not the first thing that starts in your head was like, why do you, like, what made you attracted to this pattern or whatever? It's more authentic conversations than identifying ourselves with franchises or brands. Because it's also like, yeah, there's the Gucci. Everything just has the G's all over it. And it's like, that's not a great pattern. It's not even artistic, to be honest. It's just kind of gaudy. But if you had a nice, yeah, painting, I just think it's very soul in a lot of ways. Do you have anything with patterns on it? Or are you all solid? Do I own anything with patterns on? Yeah. No. Huh. I just realized that because I can see your closet from here. Yeah, my closet just looks like a barcode. <laughs> That's what my wardrobe looks like. All the it's clothes true. hanging beside each other. Yeah. Okay, my second one is statement belts. No, Aaron. What? Was that your 2023? No, but I really don't like it. Yeah, I hate statement belts. They're, okay. They're awful. I probably should have put this one first, actually. But I thought Uggs was would make people keep listening to the episode more. So <laughs> okay. the the angle that I took these from is from runways. Yeah. And I also wanted to have another silo, which was from approximately 20 years ago slash revival. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that these that Venn diagram is basically one circle. Mm-hmm. Runways pretty much are just the revival 20 years ago thing. Yeah. And the quote I had on these from a Forbes article, no less, about 2024 <laughs> fashion trends said, which is really the vanguard of style, as we all know, Statement belts were everywhere on the runways, including Prada. Cinch your favorite belt at the waist, then style it with an oversized jacket or voluminous dress for even more exaggerated proportions. The thing with me, this is more like personal taste informing Solacy and aesthetics, I guess, but I like simple. Mm-hmm. What I have written down is like simple look. So like straps and chains and pirate medallions and belts and just lines. It's too confusing for me. Okay. It's too muddied. I don't know. Hmm. So the reason I don't like belts is because they're uncomfortable. They seem very showy. They seem very kind of grown up in a way that Mm -hmm. I don't like. Yeah. I just, if someone was to invent a comfortable belt, I'd be all there for it because aesthetically I don't hate them. And statement belts aesthetically are fine. But from my time of 
when, yeah, you'd put one around every dress you wore or whatever. Just uncomfy. It's not even that they're, like, tight. It's just that they're, like, unnecessary. I have another note that, another question that I came up with, which might be pertinent to what you just said about comfort, which is, you know, there's that quote about before you leave the house, take one thing off. Mm -hmm. Who said that? Chanel. Chanel. So this is like a Solacene version of that quote, Mm -hmm. which is, if the garment was sentient, Mm -hmm. would it be evil? (laughs) And if it would be evil, don't wear it. Okay. If it would be nice, like Uggs, Mm -hmm. those would be nice. It's true. Belts. Evil. You're right. The snake in the garden of in the Garden of Eden. Wow. So just keep that one on you. Food for thought. <laughs> I like Genuinely though, do you have anything that it's like, would it be evil if it was sent to you? Because if you do, you should get rid of it. High heels. They come Maybe. with a built in spike. Maybe. I'm just saying. Stilettos in particular. Okay. I think belts have like a place in the solo scene because keeping I like keeping your pants up. But as I said, we just would need to invent an actually comfortable but one. I think they should be rope or fabric because, yeah. you know, fabric is like, oh, a little ribbon. It would mm-hmm. be kind, kindly if it was sentient. Yes. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Number three, gothic romance. And if you type this into Google, you're just going to get goth. But what I'm talking about is the gothic renaissance period mixed with the romantic era so about 12th to 19th century so this is a big time period obviously to be in style but what i'm going to go through the main points from this period that have come into style this year so extravagant sleeves with fitted bodices so you know just like kind of flouncy yeah like jerry's pirate shirt jerry's pirate shirt but then a fitted bodice with boning and so on and i think this is really cool and this and my next two points are interesting in the sense that the way that they're probably sound unsustainable off the hop because they're all extravagant and i think the reason that traditionally like extravagance and wealth are obviously in contrast to sustainability but i think with the way that we think about our wardrobes now, if we inject a bit of extravagance into them, we'll care for them more, tend to them more, wear them more, and longer. Yeah, I mean, because right now it's just interchangeable white or black t-shirts. It's so just normcore. one of them? Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen, I mean, early in 2023, the trend was like quiet luxury, recession core, just like quietly stating your wealth. But I think... We need to, I mean, throughout history, when there's been a recession or a rationing of fabric, women and men have resisted by having bows or having slightly puffier sleeves, like infamously in Anne of Green Gables. We'll talk about that more later. She was asking her mother for puff sleeves and she was like, no, we don't have that much fabric. And I think there's just something to owning your clothes a bit more i don't i don't know exactly but anyway that's the first point is the extravagant sleeves another trend is embroidered and embossed patterns not necessarily in contrasting colors but just like texture Mm -hmm. in our clothing because often our clothes are very one-dimensional and i think texture and dimension are really cool and soul scene romantic long skirts 
I feel like for the longest time, long skirts have been unfashionable because of their connotation of being a trad wife or being Mormon, as all of my high school peers thought I was for wearing them. Yeah, but you get the last laugh because now that's in. Exactly. Mormon core is in. Exactly. So long romantic skirts. I love it. And I don't think it's like a statement of like, I don't care about the environment and wearing extra fabric. Like those two don't go together anymore, really, because there's so much fabric existing in the world. And next is your hair dyed with lots of braids, like doing your hair again. It's starting to come in. And I think that's really great. Yeah. The nice thing about you choosing this trend, which from what I understand is just 700 years. Yeah. Is that you kind of monopolize the episodes, whereas I chose five things. You've now chosen dozens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, a couple more things. Right. Pinned up trains. So this is very new. It might actually leak into more of a 2024 trend. But with your romantic long skirts, kind of pinning them up so they're like gathered. It looks so cool. And I just think it's very scene in that like, yeah, you can wear your long skirt, but you're going to go work in the field to pick your carrots. You pin it up. Right. You're going to go run to the metro. You pin up your skirt. Yeah. I think it's cool. Feminist. <laughs> and finally is it's similar to the textures, but instead of embroidery and embossment, just using a variety of fabrics. Again, I feel like for the last 50 years, We've just used cotton or polyester, which all looks the same, Mm. but not being afraid to use a little bit of a sheer fabric or a silky fabric. And it's very cool. Again, maybe leaking to 2024 as a trend. So my next trend, which I think is the only one that I've actually kind of predicted of my own opinion, is lemon drop, which is color. Mm -hmm. I think colors being in and out is such a bizarre thing. And I went down this unfortunate rabbit hole of the Pantone color of the year. Oh, you've never gone down that before. No, and it was uh, quite demoralizing. (laughs) I feel like it's just this this web of marketing and, I hate to use the word, but pretentious uh, buzzwords. And so I had the quote for this year's color of the year. Do you know Mm -hmm. what it was? No, I don't. It was Viva Magenta. Viva Magenta. Yeah, and they write like paragraphs explaining it, but I kind of condensed it into this, which says, Pantone observed a heightened appreciation and awareness of nature represented by countless lifestyle trends. We're incorporating more living things into our homes, such as plants, florals, living walls, and restorative outdoor spaces. We're more careful to protect our bodies as a result of the public health crises. We look to apply and ingest trusted life-giving ingredients. All of these lifestyle trends speak to the heartiness of natural forces. Viva Magenta's organic origins hail from the cochineal beetle. The red tone of Viva Magenta connects us to original matter, imbibing us with a primordial signal of strength. Okay. And that, it just keeps going on like that. Yeah. So that was just a, a taste of Pantone, which I'm still not sure what they are or what it is. I think it's a paint brand, isn't it? Not, definitely not primarily. <laughs> Certainly not. But when you go into their website for the color of the year for 2024, they have mm-hmm. a countdown. Ooh. So it's like a big event. Yeah. 10 days. And my prediction is lemon drop. Okay. I had I did print it off, but our printer went a bit wacky. But that's just so you get a sense of it. Okay. In other words, yellow. Mm. Some might say. Yellow, but it's a soft yellow. Yeah, it's a soft yellow. It's a soft okay. kind of custody, but also somehow kind of bright. Which I, I don't know. I just see it being... Like I could see people wearing it. It's fun. I think so. It's colorful. It could also be somewhat neutral. It seems optimistic. It's vaguely two thousands. Mm. 
which is kind of in. I don't really have much of a social opinion on this. We did an episode on dyes, and I just think we'll have more of an appreciation for different colors because maybe we'll have more of a connection to process. So it won't be the case that we'll be like, "Ew, turquoise." Mm. That's so ten years ago because we'll still appreciate things for what they are, kind of. That's the thing with color is when you start to learn about natural dyes and even artificial dyes. Honestly, you appreciate the art of dyeing something a color because, like, cotton is just naturally brown, and even just looking at white cotton, it's like this is impressive and in that impressiveness it's artistic and beautiful and I find that with a lot of different things in life if you just look at them from like the process aspect you start to appreciate it like a lot of foods I used to be a very picky eater and I think I'm coming down from that besides all of my obvious intolerances but I when you look at the process of getting this cantaloupe to Nova Scotia or to Montreal it's like Makes it more delicious in a way. Exactly. And it's the same with colors. It's like, I mean, that magenta color used to be very rare, obviously, because those beetles, you have to collect it from the beetles, right? Mm. So, like, if that was still the way that we made that color, it would be exorbitantly expensive, obviously. But the people who maybe own something dyed in that would appreciate it for the process. Yeah, I guess it sounds very Thanksgiving. But so also in a super Thanksgiving. Also, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> to those who celebrate in America. Yeah. Yes. Most of our listeners from the US. Yeah, that's true. It's funny that you chose that because I also chose a color. Well, I knew you chose a color, so that's why I chose that. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> this year red has been in, I think, mainly on the runway. So yeah. it might transition to 2024. I mean, Viva Magenta is, is basically red. It's true. So red, I think red is great because it says bold it says something i'm here it says it says this girl is on fire exactly and i think we need to just be here because two days ago you and i went to the mall black Ooh, friday black Whoa. friday aaron tricked me in a way because i didn't realize it's black friday and he was like meet me at the mall like if you want to and i was like yeah i'll always go for a mooch because i find the mall I just, I thought it would be a, an eye-opening safari. It was. Because there was one moment where I was standing in Uniqlo. Like, picture it. I'm going to paint the picture. I'm standing in Uniqlo. I get separated from you because I turn my back for a second and you get swept away with a crowd of people. And I look around and it's like, my vision is in an episode of... Phineas and Ferb where they see a dark future where Doofenshmirtz has taken over and everyone's wearing utilitarian gray you know those like in cartoons where it's okay. like they get a flash forward to the future yeah i mean doofenshmirtz was a lab coat i think he's kind of cool <laughs> but i get but the point you know what i mean there's right. like the dystopian future that the characters yeah, are seeing we get it, we get it. <laughs> have to stop <laughs> that is this is what i saw yes. because everyone milling around was just wearing shades of gray maybe it was white maybe it was green but it was all the same <laughs> tone but it was a gray green. Neutrals. It's a gray brown. Yes. Grayish. And I felt I need to stop this. Well, I do think Uniqlo is kind of famed for that. Mm-hmm. Basics. But everyone in there was for some reason wearing Uniqlo. Well, mm-hmm. they're, if they're shoppers. Then. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. But anyway, you think red, red is, is cool, the. Basically. What I said is red is the antidote to feeling invisible. Yeah, red is the color of protest, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's the color of blood, the color of love. 
Yeah. Color fire. Yeah. So I think also red looks good on everyone. It's a jewel tone. So jewel tones tend to look good on people. So look good on me. Yeah. And I just think it'll be a trend. And in the soul scene, red, blue, green in like their bright forms, not their brown down forms, not their maroons. Yeah, not maroons. But red. red. And I think it's great. And there's so many colors and we limit ourselves because like, I don't want to wear a red outfit. It's like people are going to notice. Do you remember that day in residence in university when I went down to the meal hall and I just kept, I was kind of, I guess it was kind of joking. It was kind of deliberate, but I was like, I've solved fashion. Okay. Do you remember how much neon I was wearing? All. Yeah. All neon. Mm -hmm. So I feel like. Yeah. Be more of a statement. Statement boy. Yes. I have a unrelated question, but what about when people say that someone cleans up good or cleans up nice? Okay. Is that a Solacean concept? Because I feel like it's mildly a backhanded compliment. Because isn't it kind of saying, wow, you're usually ugly. Normally you look dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I was thinking yesterday, not in terms of like being a, a really reflective or like woe is me episode, <laughs> but I feel like I don't clean up good. <laughs> I feel like if anything I clean up bad but I look fine ordinarily but okay. I can't clean up admittedly I've been thinking about this a lot lately of like people when they dress up for the red carpet or they dress up just for a wedding or whatever they end up looking worse they end up looking a little worse yeah <laughs> and I think it's because we try and make ourselves look different than we actually do like the most infamous example within our lives is prom when I don't normally do my hair oh you and I wear makeup like I just normally just do my thing and feel pretty confident with it. The girl next door. Yeah. But on prom day, I like did full makeup, full hair. And just when I look at the pictures of myself, I'm like, that looks so bad. It doesn't look like me. You didn't clean up nice. It didn't clean up nice. Cleaned up bad. Yeah. So anyway. I think we shouldn't strive to clean up nice. Strive to just look like yourself all the time. <laughs> Can you give me a garment of the week theme song? Do 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 do. Coming out the week. This week it's Crocs. I'll grab mine. You can't call those Crocs, Aaron. Wait a second. I think that Crocs like Kleenex maybe. It's just the okay. The brand becomes the product, but mm -hmm. this specific example is the Merrill Hydro Mock. I guess you don't need to describe it because people can just look it up. It's that slightly alien, like funky-looking Croc that was mm -hmm. big in like the last couple years. Yeah, yours isn't in sports mode right now. Yeah, the, the uh, strap's in front mode. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. have it on, but... And the reason I chose this regarding... These are blue, blue ones. Mm -hmm. Trends is that every dog has its day. Mm. That was my main point. And in particular, if something becomes an object of ridicule, if it becomes a meme, then that only further proves its inevitability like mm -hmm. that only further guarantees that that will be trendy like if something just kind of gets lost to time it's like whatever but if something becomes a meme that people laugh at like crocs they will most certainly become cool then at some mm -hmm. point like cloud That's goggles like what cloud goggles yeah or um toe shoes mm -hmm. i don't know if those have had that moment will have it they are will. having it but they yeah. will because that's just without doubt mm. various things like that mullets are another point yes i think the mum jeans used to be a thing that everyone just like made fun of hilariously like oh people used to dress like this mm -hmm. and then it becomes cool 
that's kind of the cycle. But I think with Crocs, it's a bit more of an interesting conversation because there's also the layer that people are kind of reclaiming their feet. I feel like more and more shoes are trending towards comfort. Yeah, I think And I know so. that older generations mock this. Like, oh, everyone's wearing running shoes everywhere. They should be wearing these ones that point my shoe into a literal triangle, point my foot into a literal triangle. Mm-hmm. But young people are like, no. And people are like, I don't want bunions. Yeah, we don't want bunions. <laughs> and I think Crocs are kind of a good reclaiming of that. Usually I'm against this... Softening? Yeah, the, soft, the great softening. Mm-hmm. But I think with feet, it's good because your feet can actually be ruined by shoes whereas Mm -hmm. your limbs aren't going to be ruined by tight clothes or discomfort Mm -hmm. probably yeah probably Um, we're not pro skinny jean but we're pro structured pet but but skinny jean i mean it's not going to ruin you i guess it could make you infertile but it's another conversation (laughs) we'll do that in in the fertility semester but yeah crocs do you have any thoughts on them i still don't love how they look aesthetically I like how they feel on the foot. Yeah, that's the thing. I've come around to them as a, okay, it's fine. They're comfortable because it's like I wear, when I'm working at the yoga studio, I wear like soft Tevas that are aesthetically not nice. They're just made of plastic, same as the Crocs. Also, these, uh, these I don't think it's this this exact model, but a lot of them now are made of like seaweed or something like that, Mm -hmm. which is kind of neat. Yesterday, I wore them to our uh, Christmas parade. (laughs) Solacine recommends, I guess, holiday parades because those are fun. But it was not a good idea. If the temperature is small, you should probably double sock. That's my advice for people. Okay, that's good to know. But also, this is an example of one of my, again, one of my personal theses being fashionably late to trends. Mm. Because then it looks like you're not trying too hard. Yeah. It's like, oh, Crocs, I think those were big last summer. Mm. Yeah, I'll get one. I've seen people wearing those. It kind of looks like you're aloof with it. Yeah. And this also leads into my next pick for a 2024 trend. That's a tongue twister, which is sock shoes slash shoelessness okay and the angle that i've taken these from is when celebrities or movie characters wear things and then other people try and copy mm-hmm. which i was gonna ask like how often do you think that happens these days because i feel like it's it's not that often no um, i agree because they're in a lot of even the trendy movies like wakanda forever and all of these ones that are trendy everyone's seen them and have cool fashion it doesn't then leak down it might, the way be, a, it used it might to. be a good point that most of the biggest movies are superhero ones although i do think barbie maybe bucked the trend a little bit because i feel like with hot pink and like 2000 stuff but there's also it's the fact that movies take two years to make mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's hard to be prophetic because that was more like people are already doing this but this is still a cultural mm-hmm. moment for them and maybe kind of reinforces it and also an ig post from a celebrity takes less than a minute mm-hmm. and that can be maybe more influential these days but I think that these sock shoes slash public shoelessness inspired by uh, Kanye, because he's been doing this. It's basically like a sock that has a slight sole on it okay. or just straight up going, just wearing socks mm-hmm. or maybe just even being barefoot more often. So again, I'll pat myself on the back because that was me being slightly ahead of the curve. Mm. But I just think in like maybe in parks or museums or libraries or schools or certain shops or restaurants or cinemas i often like when we're watching a movie at the cinema like i often have the urge to take your shoe off but it's not Mm -hmm. the done thing and it also might be a bit of a class maybe a bit of a of a wealthier privilege because you can guarantee that there won't be needles and dirt on the floor (laughs) that's true that's true 
I think we should definitely, I've thought this for a long time, bring back cloak rooms. Because you know when you go to a restaurant or even when you're shopping at the mall, you don't want to wear your coat indoors. So maybe we can expand it to cloak and shoe room. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe we'd have to hire a couple people to make sure there's no glass on the floor. But indoors, really, why should there be unless you're in the pickle aisle where someone recently dropped a jar of pickles? Right. And then at least you get a free bath of your of your feet. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You think you're ready for my final trend? Yeah. I'm wearing my final trend in my <laughs> hair. Can you describe it to the people? It's a furry, it looks like a tarantula, um, <laughs> like a thick thread yarn thing. It's a bow, basically, in our hair. It's a bow. This one is a mohair bow that I recently made last night because I saw it on Instagram and said, I want one, so I made it. And so bows are the top solo scene trend because they embody, I feel like everything that I've been saying on this episode so far, they're a little bit extravagant. Like, you don't need a bow in your hair. You don't need a bow around your neck or what have you. However, they bring a bit of character, a bit of... Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi to your outfit. And you can inject color and trends in a way that are not buying a whole t-shirt. It's tiny. So buying a red bow because red's in style or a blue one because blue's in style isn't going to kill the planet. It's not going to kill the wallet. And you can make (laughs) them so easily. Like you can just, really, they can be made out of anything if you think about it. Yeah, just go on Etsy. Or go on Etsy. Or buy one from us. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) They're not on the site yet, but they will be. So... (laughs) So I have a few historical points about bows to highlight the soul-seen-ness of bows. So they're very special throughout history. So in Anne of Green Gables, also in Little House on the Prairie, the young teen girls are wanting to wear bows because they accessorize in a way that is still naive in a way because well, it's, it's not gold jewelry it's youthful it's yeah. um it's ornamental it's like something you put on a little christmas tree exactly put it on a little branch exactly and bows have been around since ancient times there were golden ones found in from 2600 bc in sumeria but because obviously they're usually made out of fabric there weren't many fabric ones kicking around but in the middle ages in paintings and stuff they started to appear. Mm. And with the invention of the horizontal loom, when we could start making lace and silk and like really skinny fabrics to make ribbon, is the word I'm looking for, is when they really took off. And the bow tie, you know about those. Yeah, they cool. came around in 1886. They were invented. I would have assumed they've been around longer for some reason, but I guess why would they be around longer? A bow tie so soon? No. But... Bows are. Okay. <laughs> so bow ties are pretty new. And women, when they entered the workplace, they started wearing pussy bows, which are the... In like 101 Dalmatians, I think, there's the cats and they like tie bows around them. And I feel like in old cartoons, you see like bows tied yeah. around like new kittens. Yeah. So that's why they're called pussy bows because of pussy cats. And so women would wear them to like kind of have a play on the bow tie. Because they're still very soft and feminine. And I just think bows have... You can wear them anywhere. Tie one on your bag, hair, neck, pants as a belt. Can I suggest something? Yeah. 
Nosebuzz? Nosebuzz. Sure. Why not? Because it's kind of like a built-in tissue if you have a cold. Yeah. So right. bows are great. They also, one more thing. During the French Revolution and World War II, they were used to define rations and to, as a symbol of revolution. And I feel like it's just such a wonderful symbol of revolution because it's not like... Shoelaces? Shoelaces are in bows. See, they're everywhere if you just look. <laughs> I just think they're so cool and very soul seen in that they're not like painting your shirt that says like, I stand for the trees. Like you're not being like the Lorax, but maybe it could be a silent symbol of like something. Maybe if you wear an orange bow, it means you stand with the, the bees or right. whatever. So I just think... Bees are orange. <laughs> I get you. I think bows are just sweet and cool. Yeah, I remember in our hair episode, I was extolling all the tiny little hair paraphernalia that exists. So I think that falls squarely into that. My most soloing trend that I have for 2024, homemade perfumes. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. I haven't really heard of this. When I did a, a cursory Google search, I didn't find much about it. I don't Perfume know. making's hard. I know it's hard. But here's why I think it would be big. And I took this from my inspiration for this trend was the internet and Gen Z actually being kind of innovative in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like Gen Z does that a lot. And I also think it falls squarely into that convergence of Gen Z traits, which is like frugality, because perfumes are really expensive. Mm-hmm. So they'd be like, why would I do that when I can just do that? And I could see that going viral. And also mild um, witchiness, because... Mm-hmm. As you said, it's hard. I didn't realize how hard it would be. I tried to find the process so I could just briefly explain it, but there's so many different ways of Mm -hmm. getting the similar things. But I think in almost all of them, you need a lot of things. Like you need a lot of, looks like a little apothecary that you need. Small little vials and chemicals and different color. And I feel like that's a very Gen Z thing. Like it's it's not that many steps removed from essential oils Mm -hmm. and candle making. Candle making, everybody does that now. Yeah. crocheting everybody does that people like this kind of DIY-ness and I could see there being like viral scents Ooh. like viral fragrances like oh people are really loving orange this year I also think the the individuality of it people would enjoy because maybe they could have their own bottle and like name it something mm-hmm. I came up with the name for mine if I were to make it which was Antarctic Aaron okay it would smell just like cold windy air Fresh. Yeah, fresh. You'd walk by and people would go, brr. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. People just to shiver when I walk by. Also, this... you could keep it in like a unique bottle. Mm. Like mine would be in like maybe something that looks t- kind of like SpongeBob. Cool. This summer, actually, I was like obsessed with the idea of making perfume, but then realized, yeah, the absolute labor intensiveness. Yeah, but I think it's, I know it's difficult for each one, but I feel like it's a lot more about once you amass the things. Yeah, exactly. Then... And I feel like I could see people doing that. Yeah. Once you have the things, it's fine. But yeah, like to make even to infuse oil with like lilacs, for example, you have to press every individual petal into a plate of frozen. Yeah. Like it's just. But I mean, in the same way that there's all the upcycling YouTubers and crocheting mm-hmm. YouTubers, I really, I could see there being like so. perfumey YouTubers. Cool. So that was all my trends. I had some honorable mentions. Tear off pants slash shorts. Mm-hmm. I think those. Uh, something that I've just deemed Weasley Core. Yeah, I thought you would definitely have mentioned Weasley Core on this episode. Well, I don't so. think it's going to be that big. Maybe you can <laughs> That's describe. true. It's just dressing like the Weasleys from the first few years of Harry Potter. Yeah. Is, I guess looking vaguely 
raggedy, but from a time when old clothes were nice. So. Yeah, like you're still wearing a hand knit jumper. Exactly. It just maybe was made by your mom. Side parts. I feel like that's a that's okay. a no-brainer. And also I think fun watches. Because watches are awful and I don't think very solacine. I think they look really bad. Um and I, it's a weird thing where I feel like the more expensive they are, the worse they tend to look. But I think that akin to the rise of fun glasses, fun sunglasses, mm-hmm. I feel like watches, that will be the next frontier for funness. Cool. I like them. Yeah. I think watches are soul seen in a way. Yeah, the uh, the concept of them for sure. But the actual examples, I just mm-hmm. think they're always gross. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Thank you all for listening. If you want to check out our shop or contact us, you can click the link in the description. We love to hear from you. And thanks for listening.